This is Chris Brooks. Thank you for listening to this edition of Equip. Be sure and subscribe for free so that you don't miss an episode. For more information, visit our website, equipradio.org. Chris Brooks here, and I want to thank you for listening to this edition of Equip. Did you know that we are funded by the generosity of listeners just like you? Would you help us finish this month strong? Just call 888-644-4144 or give at equipradio.org. The war in Israel is on the minds of many, especially our Jewish friends and neighbors. So how can we as Christ followers have meaningful conversations with them and point them to the hope we have in Jesus? I am Colin Lambert sitting in today for Chris Brooks here on Equipped. And we'll be hearing today from a man whose mission is to share Jesus with Jewish men and women and teach others how to do it as well. We'll also be learning about a award-winning documentary film that has impacted many as well in sharing the plight of both Israelis and Palestinians. And uh, we'll talk about that a little later in the program today. Our phone lines, as always, are open, 877-548-3675, 877-548-3675. Chris is out for some well-deserved vacation time, and I will be with you here today and tomorrow. And then I believe Chris will be back later in the week. My thanks to the folks at the Bridge Austin in Austin, Texas. Uh, They are making studios available for me to come to you here today. And my thanks to the crew back in Chicago as well, who always keeps things moving well. Uh, Deb, our producer, Bob and Chris on the controls, and Gabby answering the phones. Grateful for all of you as well. Well, as I mentioned, the war in Israel seems to be on everybody's mind today. It is all over the news, and uh, we are just getting into the portion of the war that has to do with ground uh, invasion by the Israeli troops hunting down Hamas. We're not so much going into the specifics of what's happening there related to military action, but we are going to learn a bit more about the spirit of the Jewish people, about uh, those who live there, how they are experiencing life right now, and we're going to do that through the eyes of Dan Sarad. If you're not familiar with Dan, he has served as Chief Operating Officer of Jews for Jesus since 2019. He supervises the day-to-day efforts of the branches in Europe, South Africa, Israel, and Australia. He was actually born in Israel, grew up in New York, and now lives with his family in New Jersey. And we are grateful for his time today because he literally just got back from Israel last night. And that's what we'll talk about as we begin. Dan, welcome to Equipped. Thanks, Colin. Thanks for having me. Let's start with that. Let's start with your trip. Tell us a bit about when you went and what you did while you were there. We'd love to hear more about what your experience was like uh, during this time. My wife, Dina, and I uh, left uh, about 10 days ago, and we were on the ground for about eight days in Israel. Most of our life and ministry, we lived there. So uh, we came to support um, our people to um, have the ministry of presence, both with our family. We have a lot of family in the land, friends, of course, but also our Jews for Jesus staff. And we came to, um, to be with our people, to mourn with them and to stand with them. And our staff in Israel, our Jews for Jesus team, is doing a lot of ministry right now to... Um, help displaced families 
um, you know, from providing meals to doing kids ministry with some of the children. Um, also, we're supporting and um, getting some necessary um, supplies for soldiers. And um, we're there to love um, our people in the name of Jesus, in the name mm -hmm. of Yeshua, the Messiah. So that's briefly what we were there for. We were there to encourage, to pray, to uh, to stand with our people. Yeah. Uh, I just want to let folks know I, I'm going to have you take a moment in just a few minutes to share your testimony because I think it's a powerful one and I think it helps us understand uh, the mindset of our Jewish neighbors. But before we get to that, I wanted to focus on the trip a little bit. Uh, obviously, a, an incredibly challenging and tough time for the Jewish people. And one of the things I hear over and over in news reports is it seems like almost everybody either knows somebody that was affected by the the mass murder on October 7th or knows or hears of somebody that has been abducted and is still a hostage over 200, I think it's 38, 39 hostages. Uh, tell me a bit about that feeling of of closeness of the Israeli community. It's a very small nation. It is. Only about seven million, seven and a half million Jewish people live in Israel. And um, you're absolutely right. We all know people who either died or, or abducted, or we know people who knows them. So it's a very small, tight-knit community. And there was just mourning and sadness. Um, the the brutal murders um, of those evil acts um, that Hamas did are just um, unimaginable. I never imagined in my life that I would be living in a time where I hear of such brutality. I mean, I'm talking about the, you know, um, decapitating babies, just, 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 uh, just the horrifying um, reality of them. Um, waking up one day and hearing about the entire families just being burned alive. And I can go on and on, but I'll spare some of the details. But in Israel, we hear those stories um, every day on the news. We see names, uh, people. There's still um, some that have, haven't been identified. We don't know if they're mm -hmm. missing because they've been abducted. That's why, by the way, the numbers of those who are abducted keep on, on, on growing. Just now I saw that we're actually up to 240 Okay. And kidnapped, abducted. So it's increasing. And the dead is also the number of dead people is increasing because, you know, as they're trying to figure out, um, you know, where's this person? And, you know, they're still analyzing all of the, um, all of the remains. Um, yes. So it's just horrifying, horrifying. And to make matters worse, um, still daily, all over Israel, we're, we're hearing alarms and sirens. So in the midst of all the grief, um, you have to run for shelters because there are rockets that are coming. And this is pretty much affecting now all of Israel because from the north, Hezbollah and Lebanon and Syria have now started shooting rockets as well. So all over the country. So even those families who are grieving or are worried about their, their abducted family members, you know, they're still having to run to shelters all the time mm. so that just makes the situation in israel to be very very difficult um, but i i have to balance that with um the fact that we have hope and i am so proud of our brothers and sisters in israel and um, our jews for jesus staff our, the church there because and um, we have hope 
And we know that God protects his people and God, um, you know, will keep his promises to Israel and to the Jewish people. We've seen that over and over again in history. And to be able to, in this time, to be able to offer um, this hope and to love and serve our Jewish people and uh, to bring them this, this hope of the gospel, the hope that's only found in Yeshua, it's just, um, it's just incredible. And uh, we need to pray yeah, we do. And we're going to take some time as well to talk through some of the things we need to be praying about there. Uh, as you all stayed during your eight days, you talked about this ongoing, incessant uh, bombing that continues, um, missiles coming in, the warnings going off, the running to the bomb shelters. One of the things to make well known is that this just didn't start on October 7th. This is really a way of life for many in Israel day in and day out. That's correct. And especially those um, those towns and villages around the Gaza Strip. Um, for them, this has been a continuous and um, not as intense as what happened on October 7th, because on October 7th, Hamas had a very well-planned attack. So they they started sending um, hundreds of rockets to get everybody into shelters and then started infiltrating, um, you know, into Israel. And of course, as the war progressed and as that day continued, they've started shooting more and more rockets towards Tel Aviv and the greater Tel Aviv area. So that's a place where normally um, we don't have sirens and rockets, but um, ever since October 7th, and we've had a lot of rockets um, thrown at Tel Aviv and at all the surrounding cities. Um, and actually, one building not too far from our ministry center in Tel Aviv was hit and was uh, completely destroyed. Um, I was there just uh, looking at that building, seeing that destruction. And it's, um, you know, I'll be honest, it's scary. Uh, but it's mm -hmm. also a reminder to us that we need to trust the Lord. I mean, all things. He who watches Israel will not slumber or sleep, doesn't slumber or sleep. You know, that's a description from Psalm 121 of, of, of God. You know, he watches over us. Yeah. Uh, it's great to have a ministry like yours there at this time that can offer that hope that you're talking about. And we'll talk more about that as the hour goes along. Uh, before we head to our first break, just your thoughts about... Um, uh, about this issue of, you know, your your community was divided in many ways. I, I was just going to say it was similar to the U.S. in this sense that um, politically Israel was very divided before October 7th. Did you see what I've heard reported of the unity that has come since the uh, attack on October 7th? Absolutely. And that's one of the things that's most amazing. On October 6th, it was such a divided country. Um, October 7th, as these, um, these horrific events happened, the war starts, Israel came together. And, um, you know, all over Israel, you're seeing um, different, like the main slogan that's all over billboards is that together we'll be victorious. You know, and the word together, and we haven't seen or sensed that word in Israel in a while. And now... Um, everybody has has jumped in, uh, volunteering, doing whatever they can. Of course, um, about four hundred thousand people have been called to go on reserves duty, 
um, and they're serving the country right now. So it's very much um, a togetherness and there is a lot of unity. And it's, it's really wonderful and encouraging to see, um, you know, we can, as a community, as, as one country, um, we can maybe overcome this, but it's only going to be possible um, with God's help. Yeah. So our unity is wonderful, but um, as a unity and as a country, we also need to, to trust in the Lord. Yeah. And I'm glad you mentioned the soldiers. I failed to mention as we started the, another group of people obviously impacted. So many families have people serving. It's a part of uh, of your service in uh, in the country of Israel to be part of the military. And I don't know all the ins and outs of it, but I know most young people serve. And so so many are either in the reserves or active military. And that impacts so many families, even if they didn't experience something on October 7th personally. Uh, many of them impacted by service as well, and we'll be praying for them. Again, we'll be talking about uh, ways to pray for Israel and ways to pray for the people of Israel and the whole situation as we continue our conversation today. We're talking with Dan Sarad. He is the chief operating officer for Jews for Jesus. He supervises the day-to-day efforts of the branches in Europe, South Africa, Israel, and Australia. You can be a part of the conversation as well, 877-548-3675, 877-548-3675. All the information we'll be talking about today also will be linked for you at equippedradio.org and on our Facebook page at Equipped Radio as well. When we come back in just a moment, we're going to hear Dan's testimony. It's a powerful testimony. It also gives us some insight into how we can best communicate with Jewish friends and family around us. Those are things we'll be talking about as well and how we can pray. A big prayer list going right now. We'll have some things for you to add to it. Coming up on Equipped, stay with us. Friends, I want to invite you to our next Equip Resume webinar coming up on Thursday, November 16th, right after the program. You know, many of us have faced pain and disappointment from other Christians and even church leaders. It's a unique problem that requires spiritual wisdom to remedy. That's why this webinar will focus on recovering from church hurt. We'll discuss how to restore our hearts and how to reconnect with the loving body of believers. Equippers, look for an email with registration details for this free interactive webinar. Not an equipper, become a monthly partner by calling 888-644-4144 or online at equipradio.org. Welcome back to Equipped with Chris Brooks. I'm Colin Lambert sitting in for Chris today. We're talking in these uh, first segments today about how Christ followers can have meaningful conversations with our Jewish friends and neighbors especially in the midst of what's going on right now in the Middle East. Our guest today, Dan Sarad, he has served as Chief Operating Officer for Jews for Jesus since 2019. And uh, he just literally returned, I believe it was last night, from a trip to Israel, eight days on the ground there. Uh, Dan, if you would, I would love to hear more about your personal testimony. I know you were born in Israel and I think it's helpful for us to understand kind of the culture that you were born into and how you came to know Jesus. Absolutely. So I was, like you said, I was born and raised in Israel. And my upbringing was, was uh, very typical um, to Israel. Um, I was raised in a secular Jewish home. 
And most of you should know this, and most Jewish people are secular. Most Jewish people are either atheists or agnostics, and that's the case with my parents. Both my parents are atheists. Are atheists. Um, but being raised in Israel, um, we did celebrate all the Jewish holidays. In Israel, the national holidays really are the Jewish feasts. So I grew up um, you know, celebrating Passover and Hanukkah, and all the different feasts. And as we celebrated them, um, you know, God is central to these feasts. And I believed the stories about God. I believed that God was real. So even though my parents um, were, are atheists, I never really bought into their atheism. So even as a small child. Now, when I turned six and when it was time for me to go attend the public school, um, public school in Israel, there we study the Old Testament scriptures. And so as I was learning more stories, you know, our favorite Bible stories, as I was reading and, and learning them, my faith in God only increased, but I didn't really know what to do with my faith. Um, Orthodox Judaism never really appealed to me, and there wasn't really any other choices. So I, you know, was uh, just a believer in God. And when I was 13, of course, it was time for me to get bar mitzvah. That was a very meaningful time for me. You know, that's the ceremony that Jewish boys go to, kind of moving them from childhood to adulthood. And, you know, we chant a certain portion of scripture in the, in the synagogue, and it was wonderful. And I believed, I really believed in God, but didn't know what to do with my faith. When I was 14, my dad's job moved us from Israel to New York. So I graduated from high school and university on Long Island, attended Stony Brook University. And I love mathematics, so I, I, I majored. I have a Bachelor of Science in math. I was majoring in math, and I got a job tutoring students who needed extra help. And one day I was helping this girl um, with her math homework. And as I'm helping her, she recognizes my accent in English, and she asked me if I was Russian. Hmm. And I said, no, I'm not Russian, I'm Israeli. And she lit up and said, oh, I'm also Jewish. So we had something in common. So the conversation continued beyond math. And then as I'm talking to her, at some point she tells me that she believes in Yeshua. Now... Being fluent in Hebrew, right away I recognized the word Yeshua. The word Yeshua is the Hebrew word for salvation. But I've never heard of this word used as a name. In Israel today, nobody is named Yeshua. So naturally, I asked her, who is Yeshua that she believes in? And she told me that it is Jesus. And I was shocked for two reasons. First of all, I was shocked to find out that Jesus's real Hebrew name was the Hebrew word salvation. Second of all, I was shocked to meet somebody who is Jewish and believes in Jesus. I've never met a person like that before. So I was curious and I wanted to know more. And uh, we both had to go at that moment, but uh, we made a, a lunch appointment where um, a few days later we met for lunch. And that's when this girl opened the Old Testament scriptures to me and she shared with me prophecies about the Messiah. And then she showed me in the New Testament how Jesus, how Yeshua fulfilled each and every one of those prophecies. And it made perfect sense. 
I could see how um, this is truth to the extent that I even said to her, wow, what are my parents going to think about this? You know, because I really believed. And uh, praise God, a few days later, I prayed with her to receive the Lord. And I should stop right now and tell you that two years we got married. So I praise God for that as well. Yeah, she's my wife today, Dina. And we have three children. And um, that's in short, Colin, uh, how I came to faith in Jesus. Well, it started with a relationship, which uh, often to me is so much about evangelism with any uh, person of any background or no faith background is that relationship is key in that first part. And that's one of the things we wanted to talk about today. I know many people all over the United States uh, come across friends and neighbors who are from a Jewish background and just maybe some thoughts uh, in addition to that relationship piece of mm-hmm. how to begin conversations, uh, things to talk about, maybe things to avoid as you yeah. begin conversations with Jewish friends or neighbors? Well, Colin, this is an opportunity right now for Christians, for um, evangelical followers of Christ, of Messiah. We have such a unique opportunity right now. And if you're listening to us, I want to challenge you Right now, if you know somebody who's Jewish, would you reach out to them right now at this moment? You need to call them up, ask them, how are you doing? How are you feeling? Jewish people right now are scared and they're worried. Mm-hmm. And we've all seen on, on the news, on social media, all this, the, this rise of hatred in college campuses, in our city centers. And Jewish people are are really frightened and concerned. And now is the time for us as the church to stand up, to support, and to to come alongside um, the Jewish people that we know. And I want to suggest that, um, you know, um, in your churches, um, of course, we want you to be informed um, and then see what, what as a church community or as individuals, what you can do to help. And maybe you need to go to your pastor and, um, and you know, encourage him to, um, to contact the local rabbi in town and to offer support. And maybe you can suggest that, that your church post something on their website and on social media platforms to show that they care, that they're, they're standing with them, with, with the Jewish people, with, with Israel right now. Maybe organize a prayer night for Israel, mobilize your friends to pray. Um, you know, to pray for Jewish people, to pray for the Jewish community, maybe even give to some of the relief efforts um, that are happening right now. Um, maybe you reach out to your Jewish friend and express um, your own concern for them. You know, any, um, any, any, anything that you would do to reach out right now will go a long way in your relationship and in you just coming alongside Jewish people, loving them, serving them right now in, in our moment of need. And I know that that would lead to some gospel conversation and to some meaningful um, interactions. Um, So that's my encouragement. Yeah, great idea. And as you said, this may be one of the best times in recent history to have those conversations because there is something naturally that you can talk about. And boy, what great ideas. Um, Let's talk about prayer for a moment. I know you've mentioned that a, a couple of times. And I know that we have a praying audience on this program. 
Can you give us some tips, some thoughts in general? You can tie some into what's happened recently, but also just in general, how to pray for our Jewish friends and neighbors, things that we should keep top of mind. Yes, yeah, so I want to keep it really relevant. So I think we do need to pray right now in, into this situation. And, you know, our guidance, um, our guide, I, I really appreciate equipped because our guide, first and foremost, is the Bible, right? I mean, <laughs> that's what, what, what our instruction manual is. Mm-hmm. And the Bible um, um, encourages us to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. So that's the first and foremost that I would say we need to be praying for the peace of Jerusalem. Um, we need to pray for peace for Israel, for peace in the Middle East. Um, we don't want to see this war continue. So that's number one. Number two, um, I would say pray for um, innocent lives to be spared. And, and when I talk about innocent life here, I'm talking about um, civilian citizens. Very important calling on both sides. Um, Hamas does not equal Palestinians. There are many Palestinians who are, who are innocent or civilians who are just caught in between, caught in their own um, you know, corruption and evil of, of the Hamas rule over Gaza. We want to pray yeah. for them. And we want to pray for the innocent civilians in Israel as well. You mentioned the soldiers. Pray for protection for all those soldiers. And this is really a, a war against um, good and evil. You know, Hamas, the terrorists, they're just... You know, I mean, yeah, the people, but they represent this, 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 this greater evil, and 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 we just want to pray for the innocent lives that are just caught in between, you know, and, yes. and just pray you know, for protection and that innocent lives will be spared. And talking about innocent lives, number three, we need to pray and intercede for all those hostages and their suffering, and I can't even imagine what they're going through. So that would be the third prayer request. Pray for the quick release of those hostages. So helpful. And we will add those to our prayer list. We're going to come back. We'll have another segment with Dan in just a moment. And then we're going to talk to a young man who's helped produce what I think is one of the best documentaries on the Israeli-Palestinian conflict that is available to you uh, these days. We'll tell you how to find it as well. 877-548-3675, our number. All of the information at equippedradio.org. Back with more of Equipped in just a moment. Well, can you believe it? It is the last day of October. I looked at the calendar this morning. I'm just going crazy that we're all ready to uh, November tomorrow. But uh, wherever you are, whatever you're doing today, realize today is the last day of October. And if you'd like a copy of the book we've been talking about this month as uh, an equipper, a partner in ministry with this program, Wisdom's Call, 100 Meditations for a Life in Christ by K.A. Ellis, that is still available to you through today. Now, we are just about just under $400 away from our goal for the month. And you say, well, what is that goal for? Well, it's to help us continue to bring you great conversations like we're having today about the equipping of ourselves and our churches for ministry day in and day out, whether it's personal ministry, corporate ministry, uh, partnering with other ministries. You learn that every day here on Equipped. And so if you could help us, maybe a gift of $10 a month or $20 a month, maybe a one-time gift of $100 to help out 
Uh, again, we're under $400 to hit our goal. Today is our last day. I encourage you to call this number, 888-644-4144, 888-644-4144, or you can visit equippedradio.org and look for how to sign up as an equipper. It would be a great help to us. We're talking about uh, finding and utilizing our uh, faith and our relationships to share Jesus. We've talked about that in many ways already over the last few days. Today, specifically, how do we have conversations with uh, Jewish neighbors and friends about Christ? And our guest is Dan Serrett. He just returned from Israel eight days on the ground there. He serves as COO of Jews for Jesus. He supervises the day-to-day efforts of their branches in Europe, South Africa, Israel, and Australia. Dan, in these final moments we have together, I would love to talk more about that relationship piece and how we specifically uh, dive deeper with uh, these conversations. You said that your relationship with your ultimate wife started in a conversation, uh, kind of moved to faith, and then she started taking you through the Old Testament and talking about things in the Old Testament that pointed to the New Testament. I don't know how each person listening today feels about their ability to share their faith or their ability to walk through scriptures, but could you give us some thoughts on how to bring up issues of faith? You talked about starting that relationship or or deepening that relationship, even right now by calling uh, a Jewish friend or neighbor and just asking them how they're doing. But let's say we're down the line a little bit. Maybe we've had a dinner together. Maybe we've spent time with each other's kids and families. How do you bring up Jesus? How do you begin to have conversations about your faith in a way that's most effective, do you think? I think uh, very naturally, just sharing your own story, sharing what Jesus um, has done in your own life, mentioning the fact that, like for me, understanding that Jesus's Hebrew name um, is Yeshua, salvation, that's helpful. And, but you know, just sharing your own story and what God has done in your own life. And if you, if you need extra help and you know, you get a question maybe that's more too difficult for you, you know, it's don't try to come up with an answer. It's okay to say, I don't know. And um, remember you have friends in Jews for Jesus who would love to help you. You can always go to jewsforjesus.org and there um, we have a lot of resources. We also have a live chat with one of our missionaries who can then come in and help you deal with maybe a difficult question, but just being personal and relatable. And, you know, if you don't know something, it's okay. Say, I don't know, and I'll get back to you. And then we can come alongside you and help you in your witness. And let's not forget prayer. I mean, prayer really is the secret weapon of evangelism. And especially in this time, and I want you to ask, ask you to pray. And like we've said, pray for Israel, pray for a revival to happen in Israel and in the Middle East, but also pray for your Jewish friends. You know them, pray for them by name. Pray that this situation, that God would take it and turn it for an opportunity for you to share with them the hope that you have in Messiah Jesus. I know over time, over the years, as I've talked to those engaged with this type of ministry, uh, there seem to be periods of time where there is great openness to these conversations in Israel specifically. And there are times where it seems like uh, the culture and maybe even at times the government not so interested in those sort of things. Can you give us an idea of, of where Israel stands at the moment, those kinds of conversations in Israel? 
Yeah, right now I feel that there is um, a great openness to get to hear messages of hope, to hear messages of encouragement. And we're able to share that from the Psalms and from the scriptures, you know, and the people just naturally are asking us, hey, how is it that you have peace in, in the midst of this war? How is it that you have hope? And, and then we're able to share our own personal um, stories and our own personal experiences. So we're finding great openness right now um, among our people, by the way, not just in Israel. And I want to stress, um, if you would reach out to your Jewish friends and co-workers and neighbors, you will find that openness as well by just by just them offering this olive branch to them, by just saying, hey, I'm praying for you and I'm, I'm sorry about what's happening. I want to encourage you, you know, and share with them a scripture and see what happens, where that leads to, where that leads in that relationship. Um, Jewish people right now are in need and, um, you know, we have um, what they need. <laughs> we have that, that that hope. And if we would just come alongside them and, and encourage them, um, I think that that would go a long way. Tomorrow on the program, we're going to be talking about how to reach our Muslim friends and neighbors. Part of this conflict mm -hmm. certainly has to do with that. I think a lot of people have a misunderstanding about Israel, and I think education is a huge piece of what we need to be dealing with right now. Uh, especially across our country, education. But uh, Israel and Jerusalem specifically are full of not just Jewish people, but there are uh, Arabs, there are Christians, there are Muslims, there are atheists, there are people of all faiths that, that live together in peace. That is really a picture of Israel that often is not represented well in the media. Correct. And right now there's also, um, you forgot, Bedouin. There's a large number of Bedouin Arabs who live in Israel and they're serving in the military and they're citizens. And like you said, there's a lot of Arab Israelis who pay their taxes and serve the country just like all other Israelis. And, you know, those Arab Israelis, um, you know, get the same rights and privileges that, that Jewish Israelis um, get as well. And, um, you know, it's uh, Israel is... A democratic country and you know Arab Muslims have a representation in our parliament in Israel you know so mm. you're absolutely right that is something that's not known about Israel today in the moments we have left Dan uh, you mentioned uh, just a little while ago that Jews for Jesus Jesus could be a, a, a tool a, a resource for us if we have a relationship with a Jewish friend or neighbor and are wanting to know more about how to proceed in our efforts. Could you talk for a moment about some of the things that uh, Jews for Jesus provides in that sense, some type of resources? Yeah, if you go online just to jewsforjesus.org, you would find there a lot of content. And one of the unique things that we can offer you is um, a missionary would be there right there on live chat. And you can type in any question that you want and we'll send you to the right place on our website. If you want a list of messianic prophecies, if you want more information about the Jewish roots of our faith, if you want to hear a testimony of a Jewish person who came to faith in Jesus, just go to JewsForJesus.org and we will be glad to assist you, to encourage you in your faith, to help you share the gospel with your Jewish friends and families and co-workers. And then also, if you want to have us come and minister and speak in your church again, just go to JewsForJesus.org. We would love to partner with you. We would love to encourage you and, um, and just to um, 
you know, to, to engage together in this task of a Jewish evangelism. Amen. Amen. Dan Sarad, our guest, uh, Chief Operating Officer for Jews for Jesus. Thank you so much for your time today. I know you just got back from uh, Israel. Hope you can uh, get uh, through whatever jet lag you're experiencing. <laughs> uh, we will continue to be praying for Israel, for the peace of Jerusalem, the peace of the Middle East, and all of those things you asked us to put on the list. We will do that. We are so grateful for your time and the ministry you're part of. Appreciate you taking some time to be with us today. Thanks, Colin, so much for having me. Coming up next, we're going to talk to a young man who runs a, a program that actually has recently been involved in making an award-winning documentary film that focuses on the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. It's one of the best I've seen. We'll tell you about it coming up next right here on Equipped with Chris Brooks, 877-548-3675. Check out our website as well, equippedradio.org. The story of King Solomon's request for wisdom is well known. Of all the things he could have asked for or requested, he asked God for wisdom. And just as Solomon learned wisdom, God promises to give it to all who ask him for it. Wisdom's Call is a wonderful resource of 100 brief meditations to help you grow in godly wisdom. And it's yours with any gift to equip. Simply call 888-644-4144 or visit EquipRadio.org. And just a reminder, as you make that call or make that visit, we are so close to our monthly goal of support. I hope you can do that today. 888-644-4144 or EquippedRadio.org. Click on Becoming an Equipper, that is something that's going to help you learn more about that. Colin Lambert sitting in for Chris Brooks today. I'll be with you again tomorrow as we shift focus to Muslim neighbors and friends. To wrap up our program today, we thought it would be a wonderful opportunity for you to hear more about uh, an incredibly powerful, award-winning documentary film that has been uh, literally taking the world by storm. It's called Hope in the Holy Land, Delving Beneath the Surface of the Israeli-Palestinian Conflict. I've had a chance to watch this myself, and I've seen many films on issues related to Israel and Palestine, and uh, or Israel and Palestinian issues. And, and boy, let me tell you, this is the best I've seen. It, it looks at both sides of the issue. It looks at some of the things that are such a challenge, and we'll talk more about some of the specifics. But uh, to talk about it, Justin Crone is the founding director of the Kesher Project, a ministry that helps local churches connect to the Jewish foundations of the Christian faith and to their Jewish friends and neighbors. Justin also was the co-creator and producer of Hope in the Holy Land film and the docuseries as well. Justin, thanks for being with us today on Equipped. It's good to be with you. Uh, let's start first with the Kesher Project, if we could. Tell us a little bit more about what you're doing in engaging both churches and individuals with faith. Yeah, so the focus of our ministry, the, the Kesher Project, is to connect Christians to the foundations uh, of their faith to, to better understand uh, Jesus in his Jewish context, uh, and, and then to also connect with their Jewish friends and neighbors. Uh, to demonstrate the love of Jesus uh, to Jewish people, no strings attached. Uh, certainly, of course, uh, we desire to present the gospel 
uh, with with Jewish people. Um, but if that doesn't happen, that's okay. Um, we we let the Holy Spirit do His work, and when the opportunities, of course, arise for us to share our testimony and and our faith in Jesus, of course, uh, we we do that and encourage others to do that. I think it's also helpful. Uh, can you tell me a little more about how you connect with local churches? I always find some of the work you do super uh, fun and exciting and interesting for those of us who probably don't know as much as we should about the Jewish foundations of our faith. Yeah, so we, we work with uh, churches to just educate them on how to be a more hospitable and, and welcoming environment uh, for their Jewish friends and neighbors who want to investigate the, the life and, and teachings and, and ministry of Jesus. Uh, and there are ways uh, that churches can, can go about this. Uh, to, to do that. And, and one of them is to be educated uh, about uh, Israel uh, and Israel's relationship to her neighbors and, and God's redemptive plan for uh, the nation of Israel. Uh, and so we try to equip churches uh, in, in that way and to point them to good resources. Uh, many are available uh, on our website um, so that uh, churches can just just grow more in their understanding and in their sensitivity uh, to the Jewish people. Justin, let's talk about hope in the Holy Land and the time we have left here. Talk a moment about what led you all to create this project in the first place. Well, my good friend Todd Moorhead, who's the central character in the film, he's, he's the one who essentially guides the viewer through, through his journey of discovering more uh, about uh, the conflict. Uh, we had uh, seen a couple of films that came out um, about uh, 12, 13 years ago uh, that were targeted to the Christian community that were essentially characterizing uh, Zionism, um, the, uh, the, the nationalistic movement of, of the Jewish people within their ancestral homeland, uh, characterizing that as racism and, and seeking really to present Israel as a foreign colonist movement that had come in and, and stolen uh, Palestinian land. Uh, th this was the message that was being sent by Christians uh, to, to other Christians. And we, we were uh, taken aback by that and uh, just really felt that there needed to be a more fair and balanced portrayal uh, of the conflict. Mm -hmm. uh, we were also hearing things from those within the Jewish community of their great concern about how Israel was being mischaracterized and, and how that was fueling anti-Semitism, especially on college campuses, um, just as we're seeing today at, at, a, at a much higher rate. Uh, but uh, think about this, this was happening 10 years ago. Uh, Jack Inglehard, uh, he's a best-selling uh, Jewish uh, novelist. Uh, he wrote an op-ed uh, in response to his concerns about the growing number of anti-Semitic attacks on college campuses. Uh, he wrote this op-ed to Christians, and in it, uh, he, he writes, so where are the Christians who've been taught to love their neighbor, who've been raised to serve as shelters to those who suffer? Silence? Yes, you are your brother's keeper, but where are you? Your fellow students could use a helping hand. Your fellowship is urgently needed. Mm -hmm. uh, so, so Todd and I decided, well, uh, one way to, to help um, show our fellowship would be to create a film that presents a fair and balanced portrayal of the conflict, while also at the same time demonstrating that we as followers of Jesus who support Israel's right to exist 
can also deeply care about the Palestinians, about the Arabs who live in the land. We've been told by Jesus, love your neighbor. In fact, not only love your neighbor, but to love your enemy. So what does that look like for us as followers of Jesus as we engage uh, with the Israeli-Palestinian conflict? It's such a powerful uh, film and award-winning as well. Talk about what you've experienced as you have been able to take this kind of around the world and show it. What kind of response has you, have you gotten? Yeah, the response has been uh, phenomenal. Um, you know, just like you, Colin, just the comments that, that you made, a lot of people have responded uh, in a very similar way. Uh, I'll be honest, it, it's been challenging, though, to get the film in front of as many people as, as we wanted, uh, but that uh, seems to be changing right now. Uh, interestingly, since uh, the attacks on uh, Israel on October 7th, the, the film has received uh, more attention, more more views than it did since it released. Um, mm. In fact, it just became the number one best-selling film about the conflict on Prime Video. Mm. Uh, and so we're encouraged to see that. Again, though, we're, we're sad, though, that it took something like October 7th uh, to, to get people's uh, eyes and, and ears on the film. But we're, we are grateful that there's this resource that can help educate people about the background and, and the history of the conflict in the midst of such uh, massive misinformation and, and uh, lies and propaganda uh, that we're seeing right now through social media and, and other outlets. So um, we've we've been encouraged by the response. Many people right now are encouraging their friends uh, to see it. There are churches who are hosting screenings of it, and uh, we'd like to, see, of course, uh, see a lot more of that. Yeah, uh, we've got about a minute left here, and I wish we had more time, but I do want you to take just a moment. You started just uh, there to, to talk about it, but how can we help? How, should we see it ourselves? Should we let others see it? What's what? Do you, what are your words of encouragement yeah, about ev- the film for, for listen, engaging? Yeah, every everybody needs to watch this film. Everyone needs to share it with their friends. Uh, we made the film uh, to to you know be the type of film that you could share with with anyone that they're not going to feel like we just tried to uh, bait and switch them to watch the film and then have to make a decision at the end to. Uh, except Jesus as the Messiah. That's that's not what this film is about. It's it's about education, although it does share from a Christian perspective. And so now now is the time to speak. Uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer he said, "Silence in the face of evil is evil itself. Mm-hmm. God will not hold us guiltless. Not to speak is to speak. Not to act is to act. And so now, friends, now is our time to speak and where and to act. Yes." Amen. Amen. Where can we find Hope in the Holy Land? Yeah, go to our website, hopeintheholyland.com, and you'll see all of the various streaming platforms that it's available on. All right. And we'll link you from our website in case you forget that address, equippedradio.org. Justin Crone, Hope in the Holy Land. Thank you so much for your time today. Tomorrow, the conflict in the Middle East has many of us wondering how do we have conversations with our Muslim friends and neighbors. That will be our topic tomorrow here on Equipped. Thanks so much for being with us today. Thanks to Dan and Justin for their time as well. All the information at equippedradio.org. Equipped with Chris Brooks is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.
Hey there, friends. Chris Brooks here. Coming up on Equip, my good friend Colin Lamber will be in the host seat, bringing thought-provoking conversation that will drive us deeper into our walk with Christ and help us to live and share the gospel. He'll take your calls about ways that we can think critically and live compassionately in our homes, churches, and communities. Don't miss the next Equip. Listen live weekdays at 1 Eastern, noon Central, on the Moody Radio app or equipradio.org.